Ranching's a terrible business, grandson. Terrible? How? There's federal regulations, state regulations. These people in the city suing us. Half the herd looking for a hole in the fence so he can go wander into the forest and get eaten by a wolf or a grizzly. Well, if ranching's so hard, how can we do it? It gives us one hell of a life. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Is that Jeff? Hey, how are you? Yeah. You in your car? I know. I'm in a house that has impossible Wi-Fi, so I drove <laughs> into the wilderness to try to find some cell service. That's cool, man. Is there a better time to... I, yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, You're fine. This is awesome. I love it. It's a little uh, lo-fi, so thanks for your patience with me. No, absolutely. This is great, Jeff. Uh, Jeff in Vegas, nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm thrilled to talk to you. It's a, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, no. I love these kind of guerrilla interviews. You're in your car, and I, I think it's awesome. So it keeps, Anything could happen. It keeps in the spirit of the show, you know, this Wild West kind of you know, can-do spirit. So this is awesome. Yeah. Wild West unpredictability. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you about uh, this season. And uh, originally, you're from Iowa, so it's not much of a stretch to play a cowboy in Montana, is it? <laughs> I wish that was true. I wish I had more experience uh, with horses growing up. I grew up in Iowa surrounded by cornfields, but never, uh, never touched a horse in my life until, uh, until I started working on this. Jimmy's story exploded this season. Did you realize how big your part was going to be, or did you get a little bit of a time as you were shooting this season? It's really funny. You know, we get the scripts, and getting the scripts is like, it's kind of like getting a comic book that you're a character in. So you like, as you get them, you're kind of frantically looking through them to see what happens to you. Um, so the information really just kind of trickles down to us very slowly. So it's always such a joy to, um, to kind of learn. We were, we're kind of putting the pieces together ourselves, you know, we're sort of putting the pieces together where we came from, where we're going. And reading those scripts is a is a real a real pleasure, especially because Taylor's such a, a brilliant writer. He he reads these scripts that are like he writes these scripts that are like novels almost. So it's the most exciting thing to uh, to learn what's happening next. And so much chaos in the bunkhouse this season. You know, Jimmy's got Mia now. So uh, were you thrilled to find out that not only had a, a larger role this season, but also a romance? Yeah, it was such a it's been such a pleasure to explore that relationship with Eden, who's uh, an incredible actor. I think it's like it's one thing on the page and then it's something completely different. Like she brings such an incredibly sort of interesting perspective to that role. And so it's been really fun to kind of explore and discover in in while shooting those scenes, what that relationship looks like. You know, you prepare it. You imagine it one way in your head and you show up on set, you know, okay, it's going to be the way I pictured, but then it's a completely different thing once it, it intersects with the other actor's experience and the other actor's sort of um, perspective and, and preparation. So it's been a real joy to kind of discover alongside Eden what that relationship looks like. I was going to say, because the internet exploded and Twitter went out of control that night Jimmy became a man in the hospital. I mean, that's one of the most talked about scenes. You know, I think it's one of the greatest coming of age moments in television. I really do. Oh, that's very, very kind of you. Um, 
yeah, it's hilarious. It's uh, I'm so glad that people responded that way. Um, it was really, really fun to to figure that out with Eden, you know, in the same way that those two characters are kind of negotiating that strangeness. That's a, it's a very strange experience on set, especially I think that was Eden and I's second day working together. And I just feel really, really lucky um, to get to kind of figure that out with Eden, who's a, a brilliant actor and a, just a brilliant person. So it's, it's been a real joy to, to discover that stuff. And Jimmy's told to stay away from the rodeo by John Dutton and now Rip. He's not convinced though, is he? I think it's hard. You know, I think the rodeo, rodeo is the first time Jimmy's ever felt like he was worth anything. It's the first time he's ever felt a sense of pride in himself. It's the first time he's ever really had something that was his, that he could be proud of. And so it's, I think it's heartbreaking to have you know, his heroes, basically, the, the people he looks up to so much, telling him to quit, you know, telling him to walk away from it. I think it's a huge kind of make or break moment for him to decide whether he's going to kind of follow the advice of these, these people that have given him so much, you know, Rip and John have given him so much. But in Rodeo, he has this sense of self, this sense of something that's just his. It's a really heartbreaking sort of um, fork in the road. I think it was called The Writer. It was out a, a movie that was out last year about oh an actual God. Rodeo writer. He started in his own film about having that major accident, but him going back to it. And I kept thinking, that's Jimmy. That's a brilliant film. I wish I knew um, that, that, that Bronc Rider's name. That film is incredible. I watched that. Yeah, it came out maybe in between our first and second seasons. And it was uh, such a, yeah, I learned so much. I mean, it's all, this whole job has been just kind of nonstop learning for me, you know, from learning about the horse world, the sort of reining world, the cutting world, the ranching world, then the rodeo culture, the community around rodeo. And also just learning about acting from Cole Hauser, from Kevin Costner, from Denim Richards, Ian Bowen, Eden Brolin, Forey J. Smith. Like this, this job has been just nonstop learning for me. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's taken two seasons to be accepted in the bunkhouse. So, you know, here Jimmy's bringing in Mia, who just said a few episodes ago that kind of the luster's uh, coming off this place, off the Dutton Ranch. So she may bolt, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think that the only thing I think Taylor is an incredible writer. And the only thing you can really count on is that everything changes, you know? And I think that's one of the sort of central themes of the show is trying to hold together this way of life, trying to hold together this family, trying to hold together this legacy in the face of the forces of time and atrophy and change and, um, yeah, so, so all you can say is that everything changes no matter what you do to try to hold it together. You know, even as Jimmy finally manages to feel a sense of belonging at the Yellowstone, to feel a sense of personal agency in the rodeo world, it's all constantly shifting under his feet. And Teeter's the breakout character this season. And uh, did you see Jennifer Landon's audition tape? Because a lot of the other actors said they had. Yeah, it was amazing. It, uh, Taylor ran up to us. Taylor was so excited that he found Jen. Because J Jen is incredible. And she makes that character, I think especially in this last episode, in 309, 
you really get an idea of Jen's range because she can, she can do it all. She's so funny. She's an incredible athlete, but she's also such a profoundly talented dramatic actor. And in this last episode, when Teeter is sort of injured and fighting to survive and then fighting for revenge, you really start to get an idea of how incredibly talented Jen is and how much range she has. And I think the same is true for Denim Richards, who plays Colby. Like, we've seen him in the bunkhouse for years, and seeing him sort of have his own journey this year with Teeter has been such an incredible gift. And seeing Denim's dramatic chops. Like, Colby's been a hilarious character for years, and Denim's amazing at sort of finding the little idiosyncrasies along the way. But seeing Denim Richards' dramatic chops in this last episode with Jen, I think is such a gift that I've been so grateful for as a fan. You know, we read those scripts, but if we're not in a scene, we're not there on the day. So we, you know, I feel like a fan of the show getting to see those scenes for the first time. Well, episode nine dropped last night and wow. And John Dutton got back what Wade took for him. Was that a tough scene to stage? Because it was right out of the Oxbow incident. <laughs> the Oxbow, what's the Oxbow incident? I don't know about that. You haven't seen them, that Western with Dana Andrews where they, they, uh, uh, they, these vigilantes, they think they stole some cattle and they end up hanging them. You haven't seen that movie? No. Oh, you got to no. see it. One of the greatest Westerns of all time is called The Oxbow Incident, and it's got uh, Dana Andrews in it. He's just fantastic in it. And uh, Henry Fonda, Harry Morgan. Oh, Jeff, you got to see it. You got to see it. Oh, that's exciting. I will. This is, I mean, this whole job has been such a, I, I grew up, I've seen the classics, but there's so much sort of Western education that this job has represented for me. So that's the next stop on my, uh, my Western film education, The Oxbow Incident. Thank you. You got to see it. But yeah, watching that scene, it's like, how did you stage that? Because it came across so graphic and so disturbing. What was the mood like when you were shooting that scene? I mean, it was dour. And they, we have incredibly talented makeup artists. So our, uh, the prosthetics artist who basically built, you know, you build a sort of fake chest in front of the chest that has a magnetic plate so it can be pulled away. <laughs> but it looks on the day, it looks incredibly grisly, you know? So that's one of those days where you don't have to fake it too much. You know, Jimmy is standing there seeing this appalling violence and being a little bit disgusted by it, feeling conflicted about it. And that's exactly how Jeff feels on the day, watching, <laughs> watching those actors, those brilliant actors working with those brilliant sort of makeup and prosthetics artists. Ugh, it's graphic. And you've said uh, you never know where your orders are coming from on the set. It could come from Cole Hauser, it could come from the director, it could come from, from anywhere. So it sounds like everybody's telling you what to do, how to be Jimmy. Yeah, I would say that I, I, I learn from everyone. That may, everybody's very respectful of the chain of command. No, and it's never unwelcome. I think I just, I'm constantly asking everyone for advice and help and guidance. And, and that's really um, where that comes from, you know? So I'm, I'm mostly just grateful to learn from everyone, to learn from Cole Hauser, to learn from 4EJ Smith, to learn from, from Kevin Costner. Um, to learn from our incredible crew. We, we have the sort of the most amazing crew that I've ever worked with. And like all the shit that we're faking, all the stuff that we're like pretending to do, the crew is doing for real for hours before we get there and then hours after we leave, you know? So you talk about that sequence in 309. 
um, you know, stringing up Wade from the tree, cutting that piece of his chest off. We have the easiest job in the world in that in that scenario. And the stunt performers, the stunt coordinator, the makeup artists, the camera team, they have the much more difficult job of making that look real. And I think they did an amazing job. We have the, the best crew in the world. And in our final moments here, um, do you have a good Kevin Costner story when you first met him for the show? Oh, great. Hey, sorry about that. So one of my favorite Kevin Costner stories, my girlfriend's dad is a big fan of Field of Dreams. And um, she asked me if I would get him a signed ball, a signed baseball. And I was so nervous about how to do that. Because like, you know, I, I look up to Kevin so much, but I'm also supposed to be his coworker. I'm supposed to sort of keep it professional. And I was so nervous about how I was going to ask him to sign this baseball. So I go to Walmart and I buy a baseball. I've got this pin and I'm like trying to figure out how I'm going to, how I'm going to approach him. And I walk up to him and I'm so nervous and I'm sort of hiding the baseball and I'm just trying to make small talk. And he just, while we're talking without saying a word, takes the ball out of my hand, signs it without looking at it, hands it back to me, never breaking stride, just in the middle of a conversation about something completely different. So I guess I, I mostly tell that story to illustrate like how generous he is. He's a kind of walking legend who always everywhere he goes has to sort of live with how he exists in people's imagination. Like we all have experiences with him in our imagination and he bears that responsibility like incredibly graciously. Um, and so I feel really lucky, you know, Jimmy looks up to John Dutton so much and I look up to Kevin Costner so much. So I'm mostly just very lucky that I don't have to pretend that I'm not nervous around him and I don't have to pretend that I don't, you know, look up to him and admire him so much. Well, you made some good points with your girlfriend, though. You got a signed baseball from Kevin Costner. I know. You did me a huge favor. <laughs> well, uh, at our final moments here, ready for season four. I know the cast is heading up to Montana. I just got back from uh, West Yellowstone for the first time. I took a week off and, and went there. And I can, it, it was like the show was coming to life everywhere I went. It was just such an amazing oh, country. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. Um, I can't wait to get back there, I hope. Fingers crossed. Who knows? Listen, the only thing that's constant is change. Um, and I also just want to say, before we go, I want to say, I think it's really important to acknowledge that the, the fans of this show make the show what it is. Like, the level of audience engagement and the sort of generosity and kindness and enthusiasm of the fans of this show are the reason we get to keep making it, basically. So I just want to say, on behalf of me, the whole cast, the whole crew, thank you so, so, so much to the, the fan community and the community that makes this show what it is. We're incredibly the love, grateful. The love, and, the love comes right back, man. We are all fanatics of the show. We love it. We love your character. And we can't wait to see what you do for season four. We still got one episode left for season three. We have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, so much happened in, in episode 309. It's like, how are they going to wrap all this up? I have a feeling Taylor is going to make us wait a year for a lot of these cliffhangers. I'm not saying a word. I'm not yeah, saying a word. I know you can't. Anyway, <laughs> have fun up there in Montana and come visit us in Las Vegas sometime. We'd love to have you, Jeff. Cheers, brother. Be well. Thank you. Take care.